Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Time for the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife UK Basketball Postgame Show on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Coverage of Wildcats basketball is also presented by Ale 81, Kentucky's original ginger soft drink since 1926. Kelly Kentucky, the employment solution expert. Kellyjobs.com. UPS Jobs. Apply today at upsjobsky.com. Cox's Spirit Shop and Evergreen Liquors. Louisville's neighborhood liquor store. Genesis. Diamonds, the official jeweler of the Kentucky Wildcats. BJ Heating and Cooling, call the experts you can trust. BJHeatCool.com. Sonatrol Security, the number one rated security company in Louisville. SonatrolKY.com and Kroger, fresh for everyone. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Gandolfo, Jason Entz, and Zach Cantrell. All right, hello, Cats fans, and uh, the, the streak is over. Kentucky breaks their losing streak at home and gets a much-needed big win against Ole Miss, 75-63. to Didn't look that way early on. The Cats off got off to another kind of slow start. Uh, and then from that 7.30 mark on, that 7.31 timeout, they dominated the rest of the first half. And, uh, you know, second half was just kind of ho-hum. It wasn't much to do, but we had some major performances tonight. Onyenzo with 10 block shots, the most by a Kentucky player at Rupp Arena. Uh, the most, uh, he tied David Robinson, who had 10 blocks also. Of course, the record is New Orleans Noel with 12 blocks happening against Ole Miss. Uh, and, Ince, I know you talked about that game because you that, you talked about watching that performance live and how much that meant for you. We were texting back and forth. Yeah, it was 13 blocks. I thought it was 12 for some reason, but it was 13. But it's yeah, 12 in the record book is what they got. Oh, they said on TV. Well, I guess maybe they were wrong on TV. Then they said thirteen. Yeah, I thought it was twelve. But I think that's what they're oh, saying. Okay. In thirteen, okay. it was twelve blocks in thirteen. But yeah, New Orleans Noel getting—I can't remember if it was seven or eight—after he picked up his fourth foul is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in, from a an athlete in a game. Also, kind of like lost in this whole defensive effort tonight. Reed Shepard with five steals—the record there for the, the Cats uh, in a game is eight. But uh, five steals in a game is definitely nothing to um you know to, to just shake your head at it was pretty good five steals uh, but we also saw the resurgence and honestly as, as bad of a start as kentucky got off to the one guy who kept him in the ball game was freaking justin edwards and justin edwards with 12 points in this ball game and played with a whole bunch of energy and actually picked up other stats too so you know only still gets two rebounds has an assist you know but he's, he was active two steals for him as well uh and so i you know, honestly, like this, we had guys not play well. You know, Dillingham didn't play fantastic. He kind of got some late garbage kind of points. DJ only had four. Uh, the turnovers were an issue. But overall, like there's 
This is a get-right game as far as I'm concerned. This is exactly what they need to have happen. They need to go out there. They need to get it done. Uh, Ole Miss scores late to cover the spread. Uh, But at the end of the day, the Cats pull out the victory against a team that's fighting for their tournament life. And uh, and hopefully Chris Beard came in and understands that if he he does make a a change after one year and goes to Louisville, uh, this is what he can expect when he comes to Lexington. He'll he'll just get a beatdown every time. Well, I mean, I think I think Kenny Payne's shown that he deserves another year, so that's kind of a moot point, 100%. right? He definitely does. Well, I don't. What's the score update there? I got to double check on that one. So that would be a Zach question. Yeah, Zach, double check on that Louisville score. You know, I know that they uh, they had an imp- impressive forty-seven point first half. So uh, yeah, they again, lost. Let's, oh, they lost. Oh, there it is. Oh, 89, darn. 87. <laughs> they got outscored fifty to thirty in the second half. You know, Boston College is a college basketball town that's just – it's a hard place to play. There's probably – there might have been 15 fans there. There might have been a bigger crowd than you used to play in front of. I was thinking of. like 10 people um, were there. Sure. Yeah, right. Maybe a dog. Uh, <laughs> join the conversation with us on this late night. Uh, 502-267-9680 is the phone line. The UPS job text line 437-9680. Uh, and, yeah, I just – it's – I mean, uh, again – there's things that we could go back and forth. They, they still can't guard the three. They're, they had the turnovers. But there's a whole lot more to be happy about tonight than there is to be upset about. Yeah, and it starts with the defense, obviously. And, you know, let's not we, – we've overreacted at times this season to certain things that this team has done. I need to see them do this against a, a more physical team. Um, this is one of those few games where – Kentucky was able to play a team that didn't get overly physical with them, and we've seen at times this season when that happens, they can they can play much better. Um, having Ugana clean things up at the back end is massively helpful. It's what Cal's best defensive teams have often had. They weren't necessarily outstanding on-ball defenders, but they always had that safety blanket of knowing that they could be aggressive at the top or they could make mistakes, and they had somebody behind them to clean things up. They had that tonight. Uganon Yenso and at times Aaron Bradshaw completely locked down the paint. You only allow Ole Miss to score 32 points in the paint, which sounds like a lot, but that's, I mean, Kentucky's been giving up 40 points plus in the paint of, you know, in recent games. You get 12 blocks tonight. You have an intimidation factor where guys were going up and and having to try to float things over. They were having to kick it out necessarily to guys that weren't open rather than trying to go to the basket. Kentucky also got beneficial of the fact that Ole Miss missed some wide open threes, especially early in that in that first half. Kentucky continued to leave Morrell wide open from downtown. He only went three of eight tonight. He missed a couple big ones. I think if he makes some of those the first half goes a little bit differently but that last eight minutes they held Ole Miss to one of ten shooting the blocks were allowing them to get out first First eight minutes yeah Yeah. Uh, first half the blocks allowed them to get out in transition allowed them to do what they do stay out of the half court get some easier baskets be aggressive going to the rim that allowed Kentucky to push that lead out to 14 going into the break gave them that cushion where when they came out a little bit sloppy out of the out of the break they were still up you know eight points rather than being up two or three 
they didn't do what they've done in some games in the past where they get that 14-point lead and then they let the other team score five or six points right before halftime to cut it down. So they were locked in that last eight minutes of the first half. They cut down on the turnovers. They were having some real turnover issues. Um, I think they had nine turnovers in the first half, which I believe tied for the most they've had in a first half all season. Um, But when you play defense the way that they did down that stretch, that negates a lot of that. That intensity's got to be there Saturday because that that Auburn environment is going to be hostile as all get out. Auburn's a really good team. You can't come out in that environment sleepy like you did tonight. You've got to have that intensity from the opening tip. This feels different than uh, Vanderbilt, though, doesn't it? Because Ole Miss is actually a – they're not a great team by any means, but they're a solid enough team. There were a lot of people that thought they had a chance to come in and win this game. They hold them to 63 points, but Ole Miss missed a lot of open shots. But I look at this with a little more optimism than I looked at the Vanderbilt game, and I think it does matter that everybody was back healthy. Now Trey Mitchell ended up reaggravating that shoulder, but you, you get – four different guys in double figures and nobody really even dominated Antonio Reeves was the leading scorer with 15 but it was Onyenso on the defensive end of the floor I leave this game with a little more optimism so I they got to do it back to back they got to do it on the road at Auburn and they got to do it against LSU they got to do it against Alabama against the better teams but I think this is a good step for him and you talk about Trey Mitchell you know having him get hurt really sucked because he only played 21 minutes but he had six rebounds which was second most on the team he had five at the defensive end which is an area where we've been struggling of late um was plus 10 in 21 minutes the the defense when he's on the floor is markedly better and it's not as reliant on shot blocking you know there's more communication there's better handoffs on pick and roll we need him out there Saturday. Hopefully that injury is not a serious one. Speaking of needing them out there, is it becoming pretty obvious that Reed Shepard has got to lead this team in minutes? He led him tonight with uh, 32 minutes, you know, plus minus 19. So when you think about the fact that they only won by eight and Reed Shepard is in there for every minute except for eight minutes and his plus minus was 19. So for the 32 out of the 40 minutes, we won the game by 19 points, which means by the eight points that Reed Shepard was in the game we lost by 11 points um it's becoming more and we even i think in our text exchange uh, during the game mentioned you know old miss goes on a run when reed's on the bench and uh it, i think reed and Reeves were both on the bench at the time but reed shepherd is becoming the guy that kentucky has to have on the floor yeah and and wagner was minus four tonight you know this was not a it was 4.4 assists, two turnover performance for Wagner, no rebounds, no steals. You know, it, it is – this team just seems to run differently. And I think the the big key is that Reed can finish at the rim. DJ Wagner struggles way too often to finish at the rim. And he doesn't like contact. He seems to struggle with it. Whereas Reed finds a way to get through the contact or to simply avoid it. And he's got that float. He's got that runner, which helps as well. He gives you more of a half-court threat, I feel like, than what DJ does. Now, he he will cheat a bit at the defensive end, which gets him in trouble, but it also leads to steals. So you take the good with the bad. But he gives you a better all-around game. And when they went on the run, it wasn't just Reed on the bench. It was Reed and Antonio Reeves. Right, I think right, you right. have to have one of those two on the floor at all times. 
Um, okay, again, the number is two six seven nine six eighty. The text line, which I'm assuming Ince is looking at, is five zero two four three seven nine six eighty. It is Mardi Gras Tuesday, Fat Tuesday, as they like to say, uh, and so we're going to celebrate right now. We're going to go to Joe on the phone line. Uh, Joe, how are you doing this evening? Hey, I'm doing very good. I'm, I'm an old retired man, and uh, happy uh, Lent to both y'all, and uh, we'll get ready for a big game down at Auburn, Alabama on Saturday. Uh, now, losing our missile is could be, if he can't go Saturday, we're going to need, let's just be honest, we're going to need 15 fouls in the middle against uh, the Broom, the Auburn Center. Because he's pretty good, and he's physical, and he's going to get the calls down at Auburn. We're going to need 15 fouls, so it, it kind of bothers me if Mitchell can't go. But that's part of the game. I mean, I don't know. He, he didn't look very good leaving the floor tonight, so I guess we'll keep our fingers crossed that he can go down there at Auburn. Now, here, here's my last point. Is it is Coach Cal going to make it a half-court game down at Auburn, or is he wants a full-court game? What do you all think? If you can look forward to Saturday, what do you think, what kind of game do you think we'll have down at Auburn, half court or full court? And that's pretty much it. Thanks a lot, gentlemen. All right, thanks a lot, Joe. Uh, That's an interesting question. Auburn obviously scores at a pretty good clip with 82.3 points a game. And Broom can run the floor. I mean, he is more of a – he's a big guy, but he's more of a forward than I think he's a center. Uh, So – uh, but I, I still think Kentucky's best chance is usually going to be to get out and run. Like, I, I, if if you're asking me for, like, for Kentucky to beat a, a, a really good team with their half court game, either offensively or defensively, I don't have a whole lot of faith in that. So, uh, what what says you, Ince? I mean, this team has got to figure out how to operate in the half court, though. And I think eventually, yes, <laughs> there are going to be games this season there are going to be games especially in the tournament there's going to be at least one game where you're going to have to be able to operate in the half court because the transition opportunities when it comes to the tournament go down teams play more methodical teams value possessions more you know what you'll get a game here and there where it's just helter skelter up and down but if you run into especially a mid-major team that wants to run a methodical half-court offense, you're going to have to find ways to do so. And just simply trying to rely on that full-court game isn't going to get it done. So I think the more Kentucky can get put into those situations, we know they can run and gun. We know they can run anybody off the floor. The more they can get into these situations where they have to play half-court and and find ways to do it, the better. And I think, again, that goes back to what we were just discussing. I think that's where Reed being on the floor is very, very important because he can give you more things in the half court than what DJ can. I'm a little bit – I mean, don't get me wrong. The big man, Brune, uh, does concern me. But I'm a little concerned. Like, does is it a game like where Chad Baker, Maserat just goes off and hits like five threes or, or something like that? So uh, they don't – necessarily shoot the three really well but you know they haven't played kentucky yet and everyone shoots the three well against uh against kentucky so we'll see what yeah, happens I mean, whoever uh, we've said it before whoever their their worst or their most struggling three-point shooter is get the ball to him early get him two easy open looks and and you're good to go because that is the thing about this auburn team is they're not they're not necessarily getting a lot of guard scoring you know so um i think that that's a an interesting thing that kentucky maybe can exploit that a little bit but then they're going to have to guard those guys because they're definitely capable of scoring points a lot. It's going to be a huge game. I mean, I, that game, that game, I, I can't, I don't even know how, like, we could understate how important this game is for Kentucky. Like, if they were, I don't think, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't Bart think. Bart Torvik no. has Auburn favored by 11. 
And so if Kentucky were able to go down there and pull it out, and Bruce Pearl's been pretty freaking good against Cal, especially when it matters. Uh, and I guess this one technically really doesn't matter as opposed to if they were playing the SEC tournament or the NCAA tournament. Um, I, I think the two. I think the two big things. Auburn's ranked number one in two-point shooting defense in the country, and they're 49th in getting to the free throw line. And that is an area that Kentucky struggles with at times, of staying out of foul trouble. Kentucky does not get to the free throw line a whole lot, right? And Auburn's letting teams get to the free throw line, so Kentucky has to be aggressive. You have to find ways to get to the rim. Because if you're just simply trying to get easy baskets against this defense, they're not going to happen. You're going to have to fight through physicality, through contact, and find a way to get to the rim and take advantage of their foul trouble issues. All right, let's go to Terry now. Terry's on the line. Yeah, guys. uh, Big win tonight. I I know everybody expected it, but they had to get it. I mean, a a loss tonight would have would have probably meant season over in terms of... I, I, by the way, I totally agree with that because... And I, I think we did expect to get the win, but I, there was still that little hinge of doubt in the back of my head, and and I'm sitting here like, if they lose... I, I even te- tweeted or texted this out, too, to the group. I was like, if they lose, there's a legit chance that this team could miss the tournament from losing uh, now, this game. They, th- this was a, a must-win. Here's the frustrating thing about Cal... He laments the slow starts. You can't start D.J. Wagner. He's done. It's Dillingham. It's Shepard. It's Reeves. It's Fierro. And whoever else you want to throw in there, because I don't know the Mitchell injury. I don't know how bad that's going to be, but let's assume they usually don't bounce back quickly. So let's just assume he's out for Auburn. But those four... Are constant. Now I know he's in love with Edwards, and he's going to. And Edwards did play well tonight, but law of averages, he's going to play well every now and then. But Dillingham, Shepard, and Reeves—that's your three constants. Those guys, and I know Dilly. I don't know what he was thinking in the first half when he was just throwing, dribbling the ball away for no reason, nerves, uh, trying too hard, whatever the reason, but. That guy has to be on the floor more than more often than not, and obviously we know about Shepard. I just want to know what your guys what your guys take is on those three that I mentioned: Dillingham, Reeves, and uh, Shep need to be on the floor most of the time. I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. Well, the one thing I will say about Dillingham, he was you know uh, obviously Cal benched him in the first half. He only played five minutes had three turnovers in those five minutes, as you just kind of alluded to. And he comes back with a pretty strong second half. And I know he has eight points. And, again, I think a lot of those were maybe later. Uh, hits the two threes. But he gets three defensive rebounds, has four assists, no turnovers in that second half. Uh, and really, and that was in 14 minutes of play. He's a plus seven in the second half versus in the in the first half, he was a minus three. So uh, I, I think – uh, Dillingham showed a lot of maturity to bounce back after, you know, he could have, I think there would have been times he might have pouted earlier in the year and and, and it would have been the same old deal, but he, he stepped up and played in the second half. Yeah, and, I, and you look at the metrics coming into tonight because they haven't updated yet. Rob Dillingham assists on 30% of the baskets made when he's on the floor. 
which is an obscenely high number. But he's got to stay out of foul trouble. You know, he only played 20 minutes tonight, but he got three fouls. Mm -hmm. That has been an issue with him. It's one of the key reasons why they can't keep him on the floor when he's playing exceptionally well. They're going to need him badly because, look, Kentucky's shooters are going to have to be available on Saturday. Auburn's one of the top three-point defensive teams in the country. Kentucky's the best three-point shooting team in the country. One of those things has to give. And if you have a guy like Rob Dillingham in foul trouble and unavailable, it takes one of your best weapons away. You're going to need all three of them available, and I think you're going to need all three of them on the floor because DJ Wagner, he's not terrible from downtown, but he's not a guy that you can rely on. He's shooting 30% behind, from behind the arc heading into this game. That is not a weapon. They're not going to respect that. They're going to force him to hit some of those before they respect it. You've got to be able to keep the lanes clean for drives. You've got to be able to keep the lanes clean for trying to get lobs to the big men. Having the three of them out there does that. And I think one of the issues that we've seen at times with being able to drive, and we've talked about it with having Trey out there and having the four out, one in, DJ's guy sags off a bit at times. And it's an issue that we've seen in the past when Cal's had a point guard who's not a reliable threat from downtown. So having the three of them out there takes that away. It's actually, you know, you mentioned, we were talking a little bit about Auburn. Auburn's got one guy on their team, uh, Holloway, who's shot over 100 threes. He's shot at 143. He's only made 43 of them. So it's one of those things like you might just let the dude shoot a little bit anyway. But the uh, So it's 30% or so. Uh, Kentucky has three guys with over 100 uh, three-point attempts, and that leads Reeves leads the way with 142, and he's shooting 44% with 142 three-point attempts. Dillingham 45% with 103, and again, I don't know if these are uh, no, it says it does include this game, uh, and then Reed Shepard at 52%. That is insane. Uh, with 104 threes. So you look at those but guys I don't think, right Oddly there. enough, I don't think Reed's taken enough to actually qualify to be like the top three-point shooter in the country. Well, but he's got over 100, so I don't know. I mean, he's got to be close. I don't know what that number is. but I think you have to attempt three a game or something like that. Huh. And there's sometimes when he just – Or three and a half or something like that. I'll, I'll look it up here. Did you see so, they had so, a weighted chemistry, the top 24 uh, Kentucky basketball pairs? The top six are all Reed Shepard and somebody else. The top is Reed Shepard with Antonio Reeves, plus 154.4. Reed plus Edwards at 126.9. Reed and Trey, plus 126. Reed and Dillingham, plus 97. Reed plus DJ, plus 83. And Shepard and Thierro, plus 72. So, yeah, there's kind of a theme there. Just so Reed has to be on the floor. Oh, apparently, that's the case. He, he that's, should be the that's guy the that's playing the most minutes on this team. I don't think anybody would doubt that at this point. Yeah, so, so the the guy in the NCAA official three-point leaders thing that has the fewest attempts has 109 through 18 games. So yeah, I think you've got to attempt like three and a half, which Reed isn't a guy that's a volume shooter. He takes them where they're there, and because of that, he doesn't qualify, which is just stupid. But Antonio yeah. Reeves does, and he's sixth. Yeah, and so just those just take uh, Dillingham, Reed, and Reeves are combining for 162 three pointers, and the the three of them together, 46 percent from three point range. Uh, that is, if and again, I don't know if we're. I think to the, the point we just made, if Reed doesn't qualify, I don't know if we're getting those guys enough looks. Uh, if we're being honest, I don't know if the three of them are getting enough looks. 
Well, I think in Reed's case, teams try to run him off the line, and and he's he's doing what he needs to do in that situation. He's taking it around, he's driving to the rim, and he's either getting fouled, he's getting a shot attempt, or he's finding someone else. I'm fine with that, and I think I think that speaks to who he is as a player. You know, if that were me and I'm hitting that many threes, hey, coach, I want eight threes a game. You know, I'm going to hit four or five a game. He could easily be a guy who forces those shots up because, well, you know, I hit 52%. But he does what is best for the team. And his decision-making from time to time will have lapses. But for the most part, he's making good decisions on the floor. I want that. It's, we're, we're all saying the same thing here. We want these three guys on the floor. You've got a guy in him that doesn't force things and, and does what the team needs in that moment. And you got a guy in Dillingham who's got really good vision and is probably one of the best ISO players in the country and is able to find teammates when he breaks defenses down. So the rest of the team just for uh, is combining 75 for 233, which is 32%. So, I mean, they're still shooting pretty well. 40% overall is a team let's, from three. Come on, let's give Jordan well. Burke some love. He's shooting 50% this season. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Solid two for four. That's right. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, anything on the text line? Yeah, UPS Jobs text line 437 We've had a couple people texting in saying cats win by 12, not eight. Did someone say they won by I'm eight? I'm sorry. I mean, I did, you know what? I did bad math. Yeah, yeah, they're 12. saying math they is hard. Yeah, yeah, they covered. <laughs> you know, math, math is math is something I'm actually really good at, and that's the second time on the show I've made a math. Uh, that the other one was the SEC uh, total number of SEC games that that's right. shows ago. That's right. So, um, Texter says oh, this is a U of L text. This is this is awesome that they're 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 very upset right now. They're very upset about Kenny Payne. Yeah, well, very upset about Kenny Payne. He wasn't much better tonight, so. Um, Texter says BBM Blue Vapor loves the fact that Cal has finally decided that the five stars, specifically DJ and Bradshaw, must earn their minutes. <laughs> oh, earn not given. Earn not. There it is. So uh, let's. If speaking of John Calipari, did you know that every once in a while he does a press conference? And uh, so we don't, we don't know if tonight is the uh, tonight probably is the John Calipari press conference, not the Bruiser Flint press conference, and it'll be delivered by the Kentucky Office of Highway Safety. Whether you walk, pedal, or drive, let's share the road safely. Share the road, Kentucky. All right, let's get to the uh, player of the game for you. Then answers who is? I, I know we were we were all talking about you know giving it to Justin or to Edwards early on. I really feel like we got to give it to Reed though. Yeah, I mean, Justin had look. Justin deserves credit, and I think him continuing to improve is important. I think he's a guy that this team needs. Um, him and Adu Thiero seem to be the only two guys that aren't afraid at all times of contact and almost welcome it. And I think having Justin Edwards being aggressive and getting to the rim, being aggressive and going for rebounds, um, being aggressive on defense. It's something this team needs, and and when he's able to get putbacks, when he's able to get to the rim and score circus shots like he has these last two games, it gives the team some energy to feed off of. And and right now, especially on the defensive end, they need all the energy they can get. Uh, in terms right. of, but in terms of player of the game, yeah, I mean it's it's Reed, thirteen points, four rebounds, five assists, five steals. Zach, you're really quiet tonight. Oh, I was just going to say, my player of the game is Onyenso with the 10 blocks. I mean, he okay, set the tempo defensively, and he was really the key to the to the first half for them getting out to that 14-point lead. I like the way that he attacked the basket. And look, Kentucky was, a, was pretty sloppy in that first half. They turned the ball over, but 
they were able to make up for it because Onyenso was back there to stuff everything that was coming his way. So having 10 blocks, and that's what the most since New Orleans Noel, he's my player of the game because I think when I think of this game, I think of the defensive performance first. I think of the shot blocking. I think of Onyenso. So he's my player of the game. Also three for three from the field. He did miss two free throws, uh, finished with eight points. Uh, the I, only reason I, I, I didn't give it to him, out. the only reason I didn't give it to him, you got to have more than three rebounds in 24 minutes, yeah, that's, especially that's against a team like Ole Miss that doesn't have the height that, that, that you do. Ole Miss who missed 40 shots tonight? Yeah, to have three rebounds in 24 minutes is is very, very troublesome. I get it. The blocks negate some of that, but still. Do you know like, the leading rebounder Three was? rebounds. Is Antonio Reeves? Yeah, with seven. That's that's saying something when a guard is your leading rebounder and it's Reeves. Well, it also helps that Ole Miss missed seventeen three pointers. At least a lot of long, a lot of long rebounds. Yeah, and Kentucky won the rebounding battle, thirty-seven thirty-four. And that's with only five offensive rebounds, right? So that's. But it, it took a long time for them to get that first offensive rebound, and when Trey Mitchell got that first offensive rebound, pretty late in the first half. Uh, and then kicked it out for Reeves to hit that three in the corner. Uh, it was it was pretty sweet. So, uh, but it, it took a while. What they end up on those five offensive rebounds, they ended up with seven second chance points. So that means they converted on three of those five offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. So, pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, except they just need more offensive rebounds. But of course, catch shot fifty two percent. So there there weren't as many offensive rebounds. And and more Please. importantly, something that we haven't seen in ages, Kentucky held a team under a point per possession. And not only held them under a point per possession, held them to point eight six three points per possession, which has how many to be times the has lowest Kentucky, in SEC play. How many times has there been the under? Has Kentucky hit the, the, the over? I know it's been like, what, two-thirds of the games? It's, or more than that, I know. Oh, it's been more than that. I think it's been three-fourths of their games over like the last 40 games. So this was uh, this is a game where they didn't they didn't even really sniff the uh, sniff it at all. They they were well under the I think it was one sixty one or something like that. Um, uh, that's getting marked for the mixtape. Oh, that's all right. Um, I don't I don't really listen to mixtape. So all right, the UPS jobs top twenty five scoreboard. Uh, let's get to it. Let's start with last night. Texas Tech seventy nine, Kansas fifty. I just wanted to say it. Uh, I guess if I said that one, I got at least mentioned that Duke beat Wake Horse. But let's uh, let's focus more on the Texas Tech seventy nine Kansas fifty. Uh, Kentucky getting the win tonight seventy five to sixty three. Marquette up beats Butler at uh, at in Indianapolis seventy eight seventy two. Syracuse knocks off number seven North Carolina eighty six seventy nine. Ince and I have very different opinions about North Carolina. I think they're a smoke screen, and you think they're pretty good. Um, I will be. I don't think they're a Final Four team. I, I was, thought they were a Final Four team till the last week or so. I don't think they I are was, now. No. <laughs> Iowa State, 68-59 in Cincinnati. Um, Illinois knocks off Michigan, 97-68. Dayton, the 16th rate, ranked Dayton Flyers, takes down Duquesne, 75-59. Pittsburgh goes on the road and beats the Lachlan McLeans. Uh, takes down Virginia, 74-63. How about... Tony Bennett allowed 74 points on his home court. Uh, just incredible right there. Uh, Illinois State knocks off Indiana State 80-67. to uh, Indiana State making a lot of noise here recently, and then they got that one kid with the glasses who's hitting all the threes. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. You, are you buying into the Larry Birds there of Indiana State? I mean, 
there's always one mid-major team that goes on a run. I mean, it looks like right now they're as good as any that have a chance to do that. Okay. Uh, Creighton, 94-72 over Georgetown. Georgetown, 1-12 in Big East play, even with the uh, the new coach there, with Coach Cooley there. Um, Baylor takes down Oklahoma, 79-62. to And the Mark Popes of BYU survive against UCF. They win 90-88. to And then finally... Zach sees Ohio State Buckeyes go down to with the number twentieth ranked Wisconsin Badgers. Fire Holtman to fifty four. Fire them all. Fire them all. All right, and what do we want to say? What to watch for? I guess the game's tomorrow. What to watch? Presented by Cox's Nevergreen Liquors, your go to liquor store. Yeah, I'd say probably the game's tomorrow. All right. Um, the game's tomorrow. Top twenty five. We got the big matchup that the Cats fans need to be watching. Number eleven, South Carolina. Taking on Auburn at eight thirty on the S- on SEC Network, uh, you know South Carolina. Th- I think this game is going to be incredible. And actually, the fact that Auburn's a ten and a half point. What do you think about Auburn being a ten and a half point favorite in this game? I think it's uh, it, that's what that's what's projected. I don't know that that's what it'll be, but I think one if Trey Mitchell's not available. That's no, no, I'm talking. Blow. This is the South Carolina game tomorrow. Oh, I thought you were looking ahead to our game. <laughs> no, it's, Auburn is South Carolina. I'm, I'm exhausted. <laughs> it's all right. We're we'll um, bed real soon. It's is it at South together. Carolina? It's it's at Auburn. Then yeah, I mean South Carolina's had some issues on the road. Um, if it were at South Carolina, it'd be one thing. But Auburn, that that atmosphere. like when they went to Tennessee and beat Tennessee. I didn't say every game. I, I know, um, but I'm just saying like. <laughs> I mean, they've only lost but, three games. You but know, one, I will. I would. Would you say Auburn's environment is much better than Tennessee's? Uh, it can be. I mean, Tennessee can also be a, a pretty. I mean, Tennessee's the largest arena in the SEC. You know, but, so. has it, but have you ever? But have you ever watched a UK game there and thought, "Oh man, this is such an intimidating app"? I don't get not, that vibe not from since, Tennessee. Uh, like Lofton was there, you know. Yeah, I don't get that vibe from Tennessee. I get that vibe from Auburn. Yeah, I, I feel like they've they've adopted Bruce Pearl's personality, and it, it you're in for a fight anytime you go into that arena. I would say though, at the same time, like their their basketball fans there are probably a little bit more casual, and they. Uh, and South Carolina is better than Kentucky right now. Let me let's let's just call it what it is. And they're gonna they could potentially be looking ahead towards the what happens on Saturday. South Carolina is not losing this game by double digits. I, I just no, don't think they're losing. South Carolina won by three at Georgia. They won by two at Missouri. They lost seventy four forty seven at Alabama. That's why I was saying they've they've not necessarily been the greatest on the road as compared to what they do at home. I mean, losing losing like they did to Alabama was was woof. That was so, that was a and Auburn one. just Auburn crushed Alabama uh, just here. I and mean, of course, we can't. Yeah, you know that's those are one game samples. But uh, then UConn, the number one team in the land, takes on DePaul. Pretty pretty confident UConn's going to win that one. Uh, and then Tennessee, the eighth ranked eighth ranked Tennessee Volunteers, go on the road to take on. The Musclemans of Arkansas, and 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 to give you perspective, they also beat the same old Miss team eighty two fifty nine at home. They beat LSU ninety three seventy eight at home. They beat Ole Miss or uh, Vanderbilt eighty one fifty four at home. So I mean, they've been putting they've been putting a thumping on some teams. You're talking about even Auburn? teams that even teams that yeah even teams that Kentucky has hasn't necessarily blown out. 
these are you know they beat Texas A&M at home by 11. So this is a team that at home has been putting up some impressive wins. So uh, hopefully Kentucky is able to go in Auburn and get one win. Hope I, I'd love to see Auburn go one and one at home. I think this weekend that'd be great. Um, you know, uh, I think I think tomorrow's game against South Carolina though could be a really good one. So uh, it's not ESPN, ESPN has them at eighty nine point seven percent match on the matchup predictor to win tomorrow night. So, do you know what's weird? Oh, uh, win tomorrow night and against yeah, Kentucky, yeah, yeah. it's eighty two point nine percent. Ugh. South Carolina getting no respect right there, you know? So we'll see what happens. Um, wow, 89.7. Yeah, I'm looking at that or two. All right, uh, anything else from, from UNS? Glad to see the losing streak in. It's glad, it's glad to have a post-game show where we're yeah, not what, sitting here, you know. It was the curse of the caller that we had that, you know, said that Kentucky's not going to lose two in a row at home. He and, didn't call uh, the name. No, no way they lose. No way they lose against Tennessee. He said, yep. "Famous last well, words: Never lose two at home at Rupp in a row." Well, no, you're right. We lost. We three. lost three. Hey, at yeah. least tonight we don't have to blame Reed Shepard for anything. <laughs> he was right. good. He was good tonight. Yeah, he was. He was I don't good. know. I don't know. Did you night. see that that pass where he drove the lane and then didn't know what he was wanting to do and like tried to throw it across the court and got picked off? I mean. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> he has one or two of those a game every time. Um, all right, man. Uh, we will be back Saturday. Uh, we'll be me and Zach bringing it home, hopefully for another Cats win. Tune in then. Go Cats. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the expert you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.